Okay, welcome to the CoStream Conversation Series. Uh, we'll be chatting with uh, prominent people in the technology space. Uh, today, I'm going to be chatting with uh, Timothy Chen, who's an engineer or founding engineer at Grid AI and a prolific advisor and investor to early stage startups, and as well as being a thought leader in remote collaboration. Uh, would you like to give some, you know, some of your background? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm super excited to be part of this conversation. Uh, so a little bit of my background. I personally, I was a founder as well, started a startup uh, that my company was also remote. I have a team in Taiwan and a team here in the U.S. And um, after we joined Cloudera, we, the whole team is basically also remote as well. And I was SVP engineering at Cosmos, which we also have a fully distributed team. Um, so I had a little bit of a different taste of how remote kind of works and, and smallest company, a little larger company, and sort of in this little between startups as well. So you've been working remote like long before COVID is what you're saying. Is that? Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually was working. Has it before. mostly been remote? Like for, for how long? Not really. You know, I was in the office, like for, for Cloudera, I was in the office. Um, and I moved back to Seattle. I was kind of become remote. But Cloudera right. after the merger was more open to being remote, actually. So it's kind of a different culture. So I, I have both, I guess. I was remote for quite some uh, of my stints and then fully in the office at, at early stage started. Like Mesosphere was a full in-office team. I was there every single day. Um, so I have a, I was wasn't well, I was one of the earliest employees at Mesosphere too. So I kind of seen right. how it works on both sides. So yeah, right. Yeah, that's cool. So I'm Jason Thomas, uh, CTO and co-founder of CoScreen, um, and just to give you uh, my background, but you know, so uh, thank you for taking the time to join us today, Tim. Um, so I want to start with this session about just asking you about how Grid I or Grid UI or grid AI effectively builds and manages a remote team. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is going to be interesting because grid AI is pretty small, right? Um, right. And, and I was there bef less than 10 people. And so like most companies, when you start with five to 10 people, you don't start with a very structured way, right? Right. You basically start in any way you know in a very unstructured, let's all in one Slack channel, let's just all talk whatever there's not much processes we just need to go figure out stuff right um so we're we're kind of be forced to be remote actually you know uh when i joined originally around march uh march or so uh the team was actually planned to be a full in-office company in new york and they're already right. renting out the office space and, <laughs> and COVID hits COVID yeah nobody can even get to the office at all so everyone went flew out of New York, you know, they couldn't even be there. So we've been forced to be a remote team. Was so it, was like, everyone in New York? Was like all, all the employees were in New York and it was just going to all be in the office yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was going to be the oddball. Uh, right. Then You're going to be the one remote resource. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that before in my career too, and it's not fun. But No, nah, yeah. you know, it's it's a fun company just to, to be part of. So I thought you right. know, I could try this out. Uh, but yeah, eventually it become by accident, a fully distributed company. So um, what I'll say, like, it's it really kind of a bunch of experiments because I think none of the teams really, or none of the, the team members have done a lot of remotes uh, in Grid AI. So we just kind of been playing around, like, hey, how do we, wh what is the cadence of, of checking in, right? <laughs> what do right. we talk about? How do we get designs together? How do we do anything, make progress? So 
how often should we chat? How often should we not chat? Uh, how many meetings? How do you know? Have? How do you know when it's not working? How do you know like yeah. that you've gone down the wrong path and then suddenly realize like, hey, we're not chatting often enough, or we're not doing this or that often enough. Yeah, yeah, especially in, in very early stage startup, you don't really have anything planned out that long. Right. No, we just we have an idea. We kind of have something. And you have nothing to, to compare to, though. So it's like you know, you you have things to compare to throughout your career, but you may not be able to know that you've gone down the wrong path. You know, yeah, or that yeah. things just aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it may not be a remote problem, right? You know, and so I think right. uh, just kind of to catch your points, uh, we just tried different things. You know, we tried originally just different Zoom calls during the days, more synchronous. You know, we tried right. to more synchronous remotes. And I think that actually is not bad when you're a really small company, you know, really small team. That's that's kind of different than what GitLab's recommending, right? Because they want everything to be asynchronous, right? And they yeah. may be very small amounts of synchronous collaboration. So, but you're saying that you guys have tried to be have more synchronous collaboration. Um, yeah. Kind of ad hoc or like. Ad hoc. Yeah. Not a plan. Interesting. Thing. Basically pair multiple times whenever needed. Right. <laughs> really jump on a call multiple times, whatever you needed. Because at early, it's just so uh, messy, right? Our product right. is so undefined. We have random problems, random questions, random customers that need something. And since we're all remote, it's just video calls or video calls. Um, and so I, I think it actually is not that bad. You should definitely, we, you're forced to do it. And it's right. probably the right thing to do at the earliest, earliest stage in a startup. If you want to still be on the same page, right? Even though right. you're at in different places and yeah could you so be that, more like detailed about like what what is it that your team does and like what yeah. how is it that they use this sort of remote tech to collaborate you kind of mentioned a minute ago like pairing for instance yeah, yeah. and like yeah so we so great ai most uh, we're still stealth so i can't really talk about too much of the product sure today, but great ai is behind this open source project called pytorch lightning okay you know, so PyTorch Lightning is a framework on top of PyTorch. So PyTorch is a very famous right. deep learning framework. Um, and PyTorch Lightning allows people to build PyTorch programs in a more composable way. So it allows you okay. to actually do you know, object-oriented programming on top of PyTorch. It's maybe one way to kind of describe it. So e more easier way to kind of experiment, basically. Uh, uh, so we're, there's, we're the company behind it. So we're going to build a product around it um, as well. So that, that's kind of where we are. And, you know, and we're, is it in is it in public beta, private beta? Is it uh, uh, I would, still just it in development mode? Private okay. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, and so so uh, when it comes to like our develop team, like you know, we have the PyTorch Lightning team that works on the open source side, and of right. course, I'm part of the team that works on the product side. Um, uh, and and so that you know, it's you know, you have the open source projects already out there, right? And right. you can work on that on public. We're gonna try to try to do a bunch of experiments and iterations and <laughs> right. a lot of things to kind of figure out what you know what is the product will be and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, but that that is yeah, you're kind of forced to do a bit more synchronous because it's really hard to do truly asynchronous when you have a lot of discussions you need every oh, day. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you're, you're making yeah, so this like yeah. fundamental framework, but like, how are you testing it? Like, how are you, how are you, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're writing some ML, like experimental ML uh, systems using it and then, you know, using this PyTorch lightning or whatever, right, to, to basically make something comparable to something that you would make using the open source project and then sort of comparing those two things to see if it's, 
faster, I guess, to do it with your, yeah. with this different method, but. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, like it's, um, yeah, you can, you can basically you're you're trying out different things. You're testing a hypothesis, like any startup at this earliest stage. You're just right. testing one version to another version, testing with your users, testing potential customers. You're talking to people. You're doing debriefs together. You know, trying to just figure out like what is the right thing to do. Uh, so it's so a, remotely it's, that like you have to kind of build. I would imagine more more connections to your customers remotely yeah. in order to know what's working and what isn't. Yeah, yeah. So we actually build out like a Notion table. Okay. Of Interesting. All customer interviews and um, the questions we like a full full recording of them, right? The transcripts and try to build like the personas and, and what we should test because we're trying to get on the same page as well. You know, we're gonna have a bunch of people doing customer interviews and what we've learned and what we should be building and testing and, and do it all at the same time. Yeah. So I imagine um, the amount of input there is enormous. It's probably very hard to figure out like what is the thing to go after next. Yeah, yeah, and of course you know when you're in when it, when the founders right they usually have an intuition of what they it should look like and should do. Um, you know we will kind of follow along of what they thought you know the product should right. be like and do experiments and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it's it inputs are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So as a, as a team remotely. You know, you you have a couple of problems. One is to learn what the founder is thinking. <laughs> you know, learn right. what customers, potential customers at least, are thinking, and learn together as a team that kind of just get together the first time. Like, how do we work together? You know, what is the what is the technology we should use? Like, what are the things we should build? Like, make decisions on the fly, and and try trial and error basically from there. Right. Yeah. What would you say like is the number one thing you've learned in the past month as far as like remote collaboration that you thought was like the most effective thing or the thing that other people should take away from your experience? Um, one thing I've learned because we we kind of, you know, we grew a little bit of a team size and, you know, we're no longer just a tiny less than 10. Right. Uh, uh, we actually as we grow, I feel like because we're like five people, six people, you're really just doing whatever it doesn't scale, <laughs> right? It's unstructured, and as you go larger, you go more and more structured, right? And you actually right. start to think a bit more about remotes. And as a small company, though, you're not really at the phase where you're like fully structured, like everything pre-planned out. You know, everybody just do your own job. Don't talk to anyone. You know, truly asynchronous in a way. We still somewhere in between, right. so in between and you also have a lot of people joining in the team and that kind of thing i found pairing to be actually a really great way to do it like peer okay. program you know peer programming to like to like onboard people or even just like as you move along you know like as for, you move for along, i think peer programming is actually a great onboarding right because right. you're which, may, which makes perfect sense yeah. yeah 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 and that's what people do anyways right even right. In people in person you have oh, yeah. an onboarding buddy or something like that, right? To help you, you go lurch over someone's shoulder and watch watch what they're doing, yeah, and yeah. like kind of get introduced to the code base and get your get the your software environment set up and everything. I've I've really wondered like how did people do this today with you know with remote tools? You know, like at, at CoScreen, we we have a really obvious way to to do that. We've onboard we're onboarding people with CoScreen, but like yeah. um, you know, I've kind of thought that doing this in Zoom or doing this in other tools would be kind of difficult, you know, like, I, I'm not quite sure, uh, you know, especially because everyone's gonna be coming from different environments, especially if you have like, 
I don't know, it's just uh, different kinds of programmers that are at different levels and such. And you're trying to onboard them with this very small team, yeah. uh, you know, so like, how, how have you guys, like, how have you done your onboarding for the most um, part? And, I mean, we started, I mean, we didn't even know about CoScreen uh, originally. Right. We started with just, just Hangouts. Right? Uh, I mean, you use whatever two you, you, you have. You can find, you, yeah. You play with it as much as you can. I think, you know, the, the challenge of pairing is always, um, I mean, you, you're trying to get to know each other at the same time, trying to get to know how to work together on a particular right. problem. And you don't know what, where you're going to be running into, right? You might run into the bug, you might run into an issue, and you might need to scramble, both do some investigation and come back, right? And this right. is going to be a, a dance like that. Uh, of course, yeah, using just Hangouts was painful. Um, that's why I think when, even in the blog post I wrote, right? You know, pairing with CoStream helps quite a bit because it feels like we can actually actually do things together in the right. same I don't have to jump around. You that's, share. That's our, that's our goal. You know, like we're using it every day. We're dog fooding it. We're trying to, you know, trying to make it better and better for that use case. But we're a lot like you guys in that, like we're trying to, we're trying stuff out. We're trying new things We're you know, there's, there's so much complexity in this problem space, you know, that people, you know, I'm sure aren't aware of if they're just looking at it from the outside and the veneer that's sitting on top of everything right but yeah, yeah so it's it's really interesting to to hear like how you know because i mean we we don't really know um how much of our you know i i feel like since covid like our remote collaboration has been excellent within our little startup and i i worked remotely i had a team in the ukraine for years that i managed that um, you know, it was very, very difficult. There was all sorts of communication issues. I don't know. I mean, a lot of it, I think it was just remote because like I went to the Ukraine, I was there embedded for a while and it was way different being in person. Right. And I don't feel as many of those, those issues since COVID hit. Um, and I think it's a lot because of tools like Slack tools, like notion and all of these sort of asynchronous tools but also i think like that synchronous collaboration you know like i never thought I mean, i've always been an office person right i've always wanted to go to the office i'll probably go back to the office even after covid's done right yeah. but um it it you know it feels like it's getting easier it's getting easier to work remotely like it's not it's not uh it's you know it's it may actually be better in some ways you know so i'm, I'm kind of wondering like what do you think like as far as remote collaboration is concerned, like are, is there anything you can see that's better than in office? Um, I, I think that most obvious to most people is that I can hire anywhere, right? Because right. before this even happens, like yeah, originally Grid was a full New York only team. Like if you're not in New York, you can't join Grid. Right. Now, now we now all of a sudden we're not just in the U.S. We're just we have a bunch of countries. I don't even remember what the number is. I think at least more than five or six. People from everywhere um, joining and able to work with the company, and you find talent globally. Right? Oh yeah! You know, if you're looking for somebody who knows Kubernetes, for example, you know there's a bunch of more people in Europe, right? And oh, yeah. cost is lower. You know, there's a lot more accessible talent and that kind of thing. And so I think the talent sort of like you you can have a higher talent density with a more reasonable cost. Let's right. say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the joy of working so here's the joy of working from home yes exactly it's every you know, if, a, if a dog doesn't bark in the background or a baby doesn't scream you're not yeah it's like a home. real it's, like, it's not a real setup right yeah yeah, yeah exactly this, is, uh, this has to be fake it has to 
yeah, they were peacefully just sitting beside me. Uh, I just hear something. But anyway, that's a kind of remote, one of the biggest advantage is that usually oh, yeah. have a hard time hiring everybody in San Francisco, you know, and how do, how do you make progress? But now it's like bring, bringing down rent prices in San Francisco, I've heard. Like it's actually yeah, like, and, you know, which and, is awesome because it means people can like live anywhere. People can work anywhere. Yeah. You know, you've got, I don't know how many how many billion people in in uh, China and India and all these places that are you know like probably have excellent engineer engineering resources and you can actually yeah. like get in contact with those people, yeah. um, and and you know U- Ukraine was a was a great place but it was it was very difficult to communicate the tools just weren't there at the time you know I feel like the the tools are starting to get there so yeah that's yeah. really interesting I think that that's probably the biggest pros right. Um, and it, no, I think, of course, benefits of working flexible, you know, some engineers really able to have more focus time, right? You know, you right. can even be more productive, potentially. Like, there's definitely pros to it. Um, but no, there's, it's a two-sided coin, right? It's not all, like, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. There's other challenges for That's, sure. That was going to be my next question, actually, is, like, what's yeah. the worst thing about remote collaboration, in your opinion? Yeah. You know, and I think it's going to be interesting to talk about this at a startup context, right? You know? Um, but this is this is true for everything. At a startup, you kind of you have a lot of serendipity, you know, moments, right? The water cooler right. is people mostly miss, and that's why people you hear a lot of advice that hey, startups should be built in the same place, right? You need to be in the same garage, you need to be in the same room to feel the magic. You know, that's how the Google's guys did it, right? So it has yeah, to be. That's the way. If it's queer, done. Quick turnaround, everybody on the yeah. same page. You know, you can eat lunch, you get to have this reports. I do agree that it's much harder to build reports remotely. Uh, it's right. not, doesn't come as naturally, I think. You know, it's, it's much more intentional. Like you have to actually set up time to, to, to get to know each other. Like right. not, a, not a work meeting only. You actually had to have one-on-one times to know each other. Like actually sit down and just chat so about- So what, what do you guys do for that? Like. Uh, we're still small enough to do like this. We try different apps. One is called Donuts that does random one-on-one peering every oh, that's week. That's cool. So yeah. you just virtual coffee, but essentially the idea like we just have to have a meeting that don't talk about work. Right. Essentially, <laughs> don't talk about work. It's all we do is a chat. And we have like a we have a bi-weekly team lunch where we all just kind of get together oh. and, and talk, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I can kind of see the value of like it being sort of this one-on-one right? Right, right where you're not even expected to talk about work right yeah, so yeah. i yeah. don't know it's better that way because i think one challenge i've seen about remotes is that it, it, like the same example you did right um i think one time one uh, obvious difference sometimes is the culture difference right um right. not everybody communicates the very same way and not everybody has the same sort of like idea of what you know what should i be saying what should not be saying what is the way i should be the way you actually type and put words into Slack or any, any tool you oh, use yeah. versus how you speak is usually so different. And I've seen a lot of teams really tripped up about the culture differences of communication, right? Like we, there's just from just from like the remote engineers on their team, like this yeah. person has a different culture than this person. Does it yeah. have to do with like the area of the world they they come from or the country oh, yeah. or like is it? Do think so? You know, there's um, this recent book. I think I forgot what it is. The the Netflix culture book, right? Rehasting has a book uh, right. that very famously talks about the culture differences within their company, and they actually 
ranked out all different regions, how they prefer to be communicated and what's your preferred communication style. And it's a drastic difference between Japan versus Germany versus Europe, somebody in the US, you know, what they, some, some are much more, much more blunt, for example, right? Some are much more reserved. Some much more never want to say all praises on public. Some much more want to say criticize criticism in public. All these different styles, it displays differently. Right. Uh, if you're doing only using text to chat, you know, because right. that can be pretty bad. And so you run into these situations where like, you don't just even not feel like you're close. You wouldn't feel like this person is not easy to work with at all. <laughs> you know, right. I, I don't want to work with that person, you know, even. So how do you, but at the end of the day, it's not really bad intentions. It's just the way we communicate through text is not, you can't see the emotions. You can't really see the intentions that easily. So you may you may read into it something that's not there. Yeah, yeah, you have to kind of Whereas figure if out. you know the person, you've had that direct co- communication, then you know who they are and you're gonna read it with uh, yeah, and now you intonation have a, probably closer to what they intended. Yeah, and now you can understand sense, yeah. oh, that person usually, I mean, even though yeah, this guy's direct, but he, his heart's in the right place or whatever, right? Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. At least he's, yeah, you, you know why he does this. <laughs> right. You know, right. so things like that nature, I feel like, makes remote pair, uh, culture just harder. Because now right. you have just communication styles, differences. And also, I think uh, when it comes to like just working together, right? Um, you don't really know what other people are doing for the most part, um, right? You don't really get to see and have a lot of these moments where we're just chatting about, hey, I'm working on this. Because right if now. you're at work, you see them, they're working. You know what they're doing, yeah. right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. remote, like, you know, you just don't know until somebody it could be on, on off Twitter. somewhere in the shower, just responding <laughs> to Slack on their phone. They could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have I mean, a lot you of- see the work that people get done, but I don't know, work's never absolutely attributed to one person, right? So it's, it's maybe sometimes hard to see, you know, or to assign credit where credits do or yeah, to smaller companies you try to find people that aren't looking for credits of course it's yeah that's true here. you know you want to but be... you're a human being people people yeah, want yeah, to yeah. be known that they, they not more than like it's not just like here's money for this or whatever right people want to just be recognized i feel like right yeah. people want recognition people want to know that they're contributing and they're ma- they're pushing something forward and especially in a startup i think those are the kinds of people you want people that really care that they're making a difference in the company but, uh, yeah. you know, like I can see how it would be harder remote to kind of, yeah, to it's see hard. it, to see. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be much more intentional. Like everything right. feels, you know, there's, I can't remember who would say this, but it's, it's pretty famous context now that, you know, a, a remote company forces you to grow up faster. Like you have to do things that as of your, your 10 X or five X size of a company, like if oh, you're, yeah. your remotes your communication has to be like almost your hundred people. Like I, have, I, have, I haven't heard that before, but actually like that's totally true with CoScreen. Like we jumped on, we've jumped on so many things. Like, so I, I was one of the first engineers at HireVue, right? And we were all in a little dinky office, just like you said. Yeah. And everyone's right next to each other. And it was years before we set up, you know, like a something like Notion to keep a context of the company or to have a company culture guidelines or, you know, set, set up anything to try, you know, like a lot of the, the statistics we're taking, a lot of these things that we're intentionally doing to do team building and stuff. It definitely seems like you have to do that all sooner than later or else you're, you can't keep your team together. Yeah. Or you, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so you know, our notion is much more comprehensive than anything I've seen, even oh, though yeah. we're a small company. And I think we're all kind of forced to write things down, like write right. proposals down for the engineering, writes um, like best practices of maybe like even engineering resources to, to learn different things. What is the management style we're looking for? Culture we're looking for. Right. Uh, the CEO has to write a lot more on on different mediums, email, Slack, and and different place. Notion just kind do of you think, read. Do you think the time you're investing into that is distracting from engineering work or getting the product done quicker? Do you think it it it's costly, or do you think it's ultimately saving time in the long run, or do you think it's somewhere um, in the middle? I think. You're definitely paying some short-term pain for that or short-term right. time effort just to be able to write everything down but um you know it's, it's always worthwhile writing down stuff you know right because you're, you're you're adding people if you're if you're a startup that's doing well you're going to be adding people <laughs> at some point a lot quite a bit and it's usually really painful to transition from small team to fast growing team like right like all of a sudden you have a bunch of people have never seen or heard this code place and it's spaghetti code because we've been trying five different things and right written down no comments the methods variables are just like all garbage right <laughs> you know you're like okay i gotta we gotta but it gotta works yeah. yeah and and so <laughs> nobody knows you, why it works but it does yeah <laughs> yeah and even reviews are like when you're sitting in person when i remember like we we're working in a small startup uh, way before in person, the reviews are kind of like meaningless. We're working on it together, like you know. Yeah, that's true. No, no reviews really needed for GitHub. <laughs> you just push code, <laughs> really. Right. Uh, uh, and of course, you but force. But if, if you're doing pair programming, right, it, it kind of does replace reviews to some extent. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to have somebody else to read it. And of course, right. then, then you're. I think it, it forces this paradigm of, um, I, I'm forced to be more scalable early. I think. Because now I'm writing out this more, I have to have the same easy setup. It can't rely on somebody peeing chat all the time. The setup, uh, development setup tools have to work, right? The, right. the quality of the, the tools has to work. Because um, otherwise, somebody will be blocked five, six, seven, eight hours later when they wake up. Yeah. You know, like it's the, the, the consistency is, is more guaranteed now, or it has to be guaranteed now within the teams in terms of toolings and, and communication. And you don't want to be the one that broke something at yeah, the middle of the night because you didn't have a CI system, right? And so yeah, you don't even know it broke. And then somebody in the morning has to fix your bug yeah. and then you in, get in the, the nasty the, the nasty gram in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the team, we're all in the office. If it broke, so, oh, just come back tomorrow. We'll fix it together, right? Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, you know, I was I was at Pivotal Labs a little bit, right? They were doing oh, cool. full pair programming, right? And they literally right. have a schedule. They start at 9 or something like that. Ring a bell. Everybody go and sit down, pair, program. Ring a bell. Everybody it's, go like, it's like kindergarten or something. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. pair programming <laughs> time, kids. Yeah. The nice thing they said is like, hey, now nobody ever opens up their laptop to work at night. Everybody right. just comes to work. Everybody knows they're going to deliver. Everybody knows. like To them, it's a, it's a pros. Well, I don't have to. There's no like working, you know, extended hours at all at, at Pivotal because we all work together. Nobody works alone. Everybody right. has there and you have this productivity sort of, you know, a way of doing it, things. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I love Pivotal. I used Pivotal Tracker back in the days and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, 
Yeah. So, you know, like I think now in a remote setting where 24 hours, somebody is using some tools and you're pushing code all the time. You have to right. make sure how do I get everybody up to speed? Like everybody can debug something. Everybody can actually fix something. Everybody nobody's blocking help. anybody else. Yeah. 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 You have to be a little more self-sufficient because uh, if you're not, you're going to have a little harder time like getting or a completely yeah. ineffective time. You're not going to get anywhere, I would think. Yeah. 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 So I think remote also forces really junior hires more difficult, I think. Right. That probably more, more, more true. And um, you know, if you have a college grad or whatever junior def definition is, like hasn't really worked that much at all and can get stuck really easily. Usually this kind of setting, especially in a smaller company, it, it will not, usually doesn't it's work. Gonna, it's going to select for more people that are self-starters really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I've met, I've met junior engineers who are great self-starters, you know, that they will yeah. dig in and find a way to move forward regardless of, you know, they, they don't wait for somebody to ask them to get started, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think that kind of personality, now you've got this bigger talent pool, maybe you can find more people like that, but, um, yeah. but you're right. Like that, that onboarding, I, I kind of get the feeling, you know, at CoStream we very deliberately have not really hired any junior engineers. We've, we've had that luxury to do that. At some point we're, we're going to want to, and, yeah. you know, I feel, I feel like we're going to have the infrastructure built up hopefully to support that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So your infra actually is forced to be built much better. Um, and you know it's it's interesting. I, I think Grid is probably has a, a much more better infra than I can even see in larger companies. Right. <laughs> when it yeah. comes to like, setting your own environments up, because um, I guess we're just forced to. You know that command has to work, and we just keep making it better and better. Right. Uh, uh, to set up our whole dev environments, and uh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, at, really at HireView, we just threw more people at it. Right. We had this massive, uh, you know, DevOps team. You know. 20 people or something that could go and just boom, go after, you know, like they, this, we had server deployment scripts, but they never worked. So they would deploy a server and then somebody, you'd have to go out and like manually, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, fix stuff and things like that. But it was okay because you had this huge team supporting it, you know, and it's like, I just, you don't really have that luxury in this 24 seven all remote world, right? Everything yeah. has to work all the time. And yeah, it makes perfect sense that you kind of, you know, all of this maturing early, you know, it probably will pay off in the long run. I, I hope, right. I'm thinking yeah. in like a year or something, you know, once these companies start growing, maybe there will be less growing pains, uh, you know, so it'll help us get where we want to be faster. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. But you know, it's, I think it's, as you scale though, as a remote company, you also scale, um, in terms like, I, I think you also have to change quite a bit. Too. The tooling is one thing, but I think communication is still the hardest part. Yeah. Right. How do I make sure everybody is on the same page? How do I make sure the morale is high? <laughs> right. right. How do I understand everybody is able to trust each other? Right. And and think this is a good place to be. How do I even make sure somebody read a very important thread? You know. So is that is that are you doing that through like one on ones? Are you doing that through um, for notion now, through like how how do you actually stay on top of that? I I could see doing it with a small team. It's hard for me yeah. to imagine how you scale it out. Yeah, yeah, and that that when you scale, that gets that gets really interesting. I think everybody does different things in this case, right? You 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 need somebody still, uh, especially when yeah. it comes to communication to to be on to own that, you know, right. to how do you even distribute a very important message to everyone, right? right. Uh, to make sure they maybe they have something they need to do. Uh, I don't know, upgrade the security or you know, do right. 
or something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard actually. You know, all the tools are actually quite hard because there's no not much of the acknowledgments or like a feedback loop in most of right. these we see. So um, it is is a qu quite common challenge I, I found to be in a remote setting. Um, so yeah, it's it's all manual. <laughs> Somebody echoing basically on repeats and just echoing over and over to try to make sure everybody kind of acknowledges some certain message. Um, and the same thing for founders, I realize in startups, in a remote setting, you just, you find yourself on repeats more often through right. messages and through video calls, just on repeat more often about what is the things we're looking to do, what we're looking to achieve, and just remind everyone more often, I think, yeah. All right. Um, so this is obviously a bit self-serving, but um, I genuinely like to know how you guys have been using CoScreen internal to your team to help you develop software remotely. Yeah. So CoScreen, you know, it's uh, we we started basically just with pairing. You know, whenever we need to pair a program, let's say, hey, CoScreen is a default tool we'll use. Um, right. We'll jump on. We, you know, I think most of us use Visual Studio Code actually. Um, oh, really. Yeah, yeah. So it actually has remotes. <laughs> Stuff in you know, it, yeah. Stuff in it, but, you know, I, I, like I said in a blog post, like, you know, we have, you know, the, the Amazon UI to open, Docker logs to look at, sometimes right. you know, monitoring tools open, you know, a bunch of, like, so different... you don't have to think about all these different things that you're going yeah, to Yeah, like, I have to, like, in VS Code, I can only see each other's editors, you know? Right. Uh, which <laughs> only goes so far. We thought we thought about doing an integration for VS Code, so you could do like the video and share other windows, but then have it have some awareness or some link to be able to get in and do the collaboration through VS Code with it. So yeah, I think, know, I think that would be a good addition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be interesting. So basically, yeah, we pair program together. Um, we but we have different modes. One is pair programming, where you do the tr more traditional pair programming with one person drive, right? Right. And some other person kind of watch and you take turns, that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, more often, a lot of times, we will also pair when we're debugging something. And that's right. very common. Like, hey, you had an issue. I don't know. You can't launch the product, for example. Right. Like, okay. Let's pair code screen, <laughs> open it up. You know, you have your code and the UI in one place. And uh, I have my code and I can kind of Box. compare and contrast and, and yeah. maybe I'll send to some monitoring tool and we can just, or, or, or the web, the cloud built-in monitoring stuff too. We just, you're going around different things and you can kind of have one person open up their UI where they're stuck and you can open yours and you right. can compare notes. Um, and, 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 I, and a cold screen is like so natural. Like I can click on their, you know, terminal and start typing things like, right. oh, wait, which which commit are you in? You know, like what what problem? Right. You know, do a Docker logs or Docker PS, right? Or Q Kubernetes. What if they're an Emacs and... user, like, would you be able to navigate their editor? Would it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, <laughs> I, like, I mean, that's a big problem. Is that you know, like, I think we want. I think the way you're using it is kind of more natural. Is you have this these yeah. two editors, right? Because people don't always agree on their tooling, right? And actually, I think that's kind of a strength to let people use yeah. the tooling that works for them. And like you say, compare the tooling, right? You're not always going to be working in someone else's tooling. Not everyone's going to be using Visual Studio Code. And, yeah. you know, like it will work out if you guys have this this connection point between those two things. But a lot yeah. of times you don't, right? And so I think yeah, that yeah, I mean, being able is... to sort of cobble together the the solution that works for you yeah. is is, you know, really what we're aiming for 
yeah, we have people who use PyCharm. You know, we have some people. Oh, I yeah. use some from time to time as well. Uh, <laughs> I try to learn more VS Code just because everybody uses VS Code. Oh yeah. But you know, like end of the day, I still open up Emacs because sometimes it's the easiest way. If I and also if I oh, you're an Emacs user, so I'm a Vim user. So it's ah like, okay. We have a we have an Emacs user uh, in Germany, Robert. So like, there's it's a common thing for us to kind of be in this whole you know our holy war shows up in co screen because we have our I have my Vim open and he has his Emacs <laughs> open over there, and neither of us can use each other's editors. So it's yeah, yeah, I'm sure. at least not competently use them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, but you know. It's uh, in, in code screen, at least you can open up your screen. They can see it, right? I can navigate right. my own, there's, they can and use yours, theirs. Uh, it's just the context switching, it, it just feels like you really live sitting on the same place, you know, right. typing on the same laptop. So I, I think that's like when you're in person in an office, somebody's looking over your shoulder. Like that was something yeah. we would do a lot. It was almost like a war room yeah. scenario. Like you say, something's broken. You know, like this was particularly true. Like if there was like a server that went down or something and everyone needs to get yeah. behind and everyone's looking at one guy's screen, right? It was very <laughs> awkward actually sometimes, you know, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then somebody would be saying, going to this, go this Splunk log, you know, go go to the chat and yeah. link it in and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I feel like, you know, that could obviously be dramatically improved using better remote collaboration tools. You know, it could almost be done better remotely because you just have everyone, everyone can work within their own context. It's like you said, like when you're, when you run into a problem, people kind of yeah. go off, want to go off on their own. Maybe they don't want to work on the problem together because they'll just kind of butt heads on it. Sometimes you do, right? But yeah, a lot yeah. of times you kind of are like, well, this is too much for me to talk yeah. about at the same time. I want to go off in my corner and work on it and then we'll come back, you know, and having, yeah, I don't know. You know the moments I, I, I haven't been in office for a while. <laughs> you know, yeah. The I remember, Do you even remember? I remember back in the days, right? You know, yeah, back in the old days. Laptop, you know, you, you, <laughs> you stand up, take your laptop yeah. to whoever the war desk is, a war room or whoever's desk is the right. war room. You know, you sit down next to it. He will be like looking at a wall. If your company's cool. It has a bar. You can go <laughs> hang out. And, yeah. and we're like, yeah, sitting down and typing and just like a figure things out and just doing this, this bouncing of, uh, of exploration together. Basically, code screen, I think, gives you that. Um, right. Uh, um, of a way to kind of see. At least closer screen. to that than you're going to get. I think through any other. I think so. You can actually so. share your screen or not share your screen, right? Right. You can actually type in anybody's uh, terminal, um, and you can move your mouse around. You can do a bunch of things, kind of feel like together, without yeah. having to like figure out how to, you know, man, Zoom is just like I have to. Yeah. Like, are you sharing? Are you? Could you click on <laughs> that? Like, can, or more per. I've got to restart. Reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to like, you know, like oh. It's just so painful. <laughs> that being said, so, Zoom, Zoom's video and audio quality is awesome. It's probably unbeatable, you know. But um, and it's a massive, massive company. It's definitely some, you know, like I, it's amazing how quickly Zoom has has caught on, you know, in this remote world, you know. And I think yeah. I feel like there's room for other tools out there. There's rooms room for other things beyond just this personal face-to-face -face conversation like we're having right now you know like this is this is the water cooler conversation that you're going to have it's not we're not working together you know i don't yeah. know if it's like a you know it does it seems you know i don't i don't know how much you're you're using zoom and such but it seems like every time i'm in zoom like i'm kind of forced into this i'm forced into this conversation you know i'm not i'm not working at the same time 
and maybe maybe you can try to like jury rig it into doing that but it's it's always been very difficult in my opinion you know like yeah. i get focused on the video it's so big it's so prominent it takes over your whole screen you know you just get sucked into it i think so yeah i don't know yeah. i i agree you know and yeah i mean zoom or hangouts really in the end of the day it's it just feels like it's kind of the default tool people kind of just start to use but right you don't really even experience something different or better. And right. until I was co-screening, I was like, wow, does something even exist? <laughs> yeah. Is it even possible? You know, like it's like this wow moment. Like I even know I can type it's another. Sc- it scared some people, actually. Some of our users, they're like, yeah, I don't know about this. This is scary to me. <laughs> but yeah, I think some people are like, this is amazing. This is super cool. And some people are like, this is really strange. You know, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. people are uh, uh, getting used to. But I, I think at the end of the day, uh, once you kind of get into it, it's you can't live without it. I really feel like so. You know, co screen allows you to be, like I said, literally sitting in the same room remotely, and not the, such an easy way to get in. And um, you know, and once you start using it more and more, you kind of even have like your own patterns. You know, right? Like, oh, we're doing co screen again. My screen is here. Your screen is there. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, you kind of just like you get used to it. You know. You don't even think about it. Like right. you have a particular flow in CoStream of how you do debugging and development together. So everyone yeah. knows, like, why is your why is your window on the left this time? You know, it's you know, we don't even talk about it that much. Or, or hey, you're the one. You should expand. You should put your font size at least large enough, and you know, we can all start start partying on the same uh, ID. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I I think yeah, there's actually a lot more possible. I feel like uh, that we can help this whole remote oh, yeah. setting to be even much more natural. Yeah. Right. All right. So to wrap up, you know, what do you look or most looking forward to in 2021? From cold screen or, <laughs> or just, no, a- just from anything, anything in the world. Uh, uh, you know, we finally got over 2020. <laughs> I'm just hoping it's for just a, a number, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, maybe it's just a number, but you know, we're just all hoping for uh, yes vaccines to come. We just all go back to normal. I think I'll be still working remotely regardless, uh, but at least you have the option to. Yeah, I, I hope you know, so too. I would actually, fly to New York to see them. I haven't right. seen anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in person, like at all. Uh, so, so, so that's kind of. I, I think I'm just looking forward to having a bit more normal uh, options. You know. Yeah. Right. So, like, do you think that that's going to happen, or? Yeah, I, I think so. Although I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I can hope anymore after t- 2020. <laughs> I just feel so beaten down that no, I just. But I yeah. do have hope too. I hope, just like you do, that everything goes back to normal. But, yeah, I hope so too. Or whatever yeah. the new normal is, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, but you know that that's probably a good point. What is a new normal? And to me, at least, I feel like if I can have the option to fly, right. Where I can get to see each yeah. other, you actually have the option. But day to day, we're still going to be working. Hey, there's remote. people that are just doing it anyways, you know. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, I do think it's normal, right? Yeah. I don't think every startup will be always going back to sitting in the same garage anymore. You right. know, this, this works. Um, I really think startup can be done remotely. Um, so I, I think this is going to be what what people will be doing. Um, I mean, I mean, like we tried to find talent in, uh, you know, for, for a previous startup, I had Silverview and, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were limited to the Salt Lake city area here. 
And I can say it was much harder to find very talented individuals than it has been now with this big net. You know, I don't know how much of that is people that were laid off from COVID. I don't get the idea that like the, the tech industry is really, you know, like had a great deal of attrition from COVID. I'm, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it definitely yeah. feels like, you know, I don't know if it's like Coast Green's a good idea. So I'm getting more people that are jumping on board or, you know, but like we've gotten just incredible, incredible engineers, you know? And so, yeah. you know, I think, I think you're right. Like in the long run, like the benefits maybe outweigh the the negatives, you know, and maybe yeah. that's not true for every, you know, I, I would wonder like for HR or for marketing or for, you know, like that's probably not true for almost any other segment of a company, mm. but it certainly seems to be true for engineering. I don't know. I think so. Well, engineering is more easier transition, I think. But I right. do think at some point in the future, we should be able to figure out how to do all the other functions remotely. If we have a lot right. more of remote companies, I think the tooling is going to get better, better. Better tools, right? I think that's yeah. it. Is that there's obviously a massive amount of work to be done in the tool space around this yeah. that nobody nobody's even thought about. You know, like yeah. we've just barely scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah, so. benefits, right? You know, yeah. you know, how do I do even do icebreakers? You know, how do I get to know each other in morale events? What does that mean? You know? Right. <laughs> You know, all of this it has to be figured out, but um, I think we're going to get better as, as a whole. And it's actually going to be an exciting wave. I feel like um, we're better now than we were at the beginning of the year. You know? yeah, yeah. So if we yeah. just continue and, on that trajectory. It's a screen, right? I mean, I, I, I do think it's a huge step, one one huge step uh, ahead to, to make it even more, much more interesting to do remotes with this tool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, man, it's been great chatting with you. And thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this with us. And uh, I hope to chat again with you soon. Sounds good. All right. Adios.